What's the podcast called again? It's called Linear Digressions. That's right. This is Linear Digressions. Uh, welcome. So what are we talking about today, Katie? Today we're talking about one of my favorite uses of machine learning, uh, particle physics, specifically a competition that just wrapped up using machine learning to solve a particle physics problem. Okay, so why why do you care so much about particle physics? Oh, because that's what I do. That's my, that's my when I'm not uh, being awesome at Udacity. Yeah, my day job is I'm a, I'm a grad student in particle physics at Stanford, so that's what I spend actually most of my time doing. Got it. Living two lives, huh? It's, I'm a very uh, mysterious and interesting person, Ben. Mm-hmm. So, okay, cool. So, so <laughs> what <clears throat> what is particle physics? Is it, or I mean, you yeah, do this, so right. So, the general idea of particle physics is we have these big accelerators. Um, mm-hmm. We accelerate protons, uh, so they're very, very fast. We smash them into each other, um, and when that happens, sometimes when you're very lucky, we create brand new particles, mm-hmm. um, which are basically have never been seen before. Um, and by studying these new particles, we learn about the universe, and that's, that's the that field. Is that the Higgs boson? That is the Higgs boson. In fact, that's the specific example I'm going to be talking about today. Okay, so 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 just to recap, you're taking these really small things, yes. and you're smashing them together at really, really high velocities. Yes. And then you're watching to see what happens? To see if you... Is it that you're watching to see if you create a Higgs boson, and then you're, you're yeah. seeing the Higgs, or is it... So, sort of. Um, yeah, we're looking for a Higgs. We're looking for any one of sometimes dozens or hundreds of other types of particles that we think could be there. We mm-hmm. don't know. That's why we're looking. Um, but one of the things about particle physics that makes it difficult is, you, let's use the example of the Higgs, you don't observe the Higgs directly. Um, because it lives for a fraction of a second, and then it breaks apart into other particles. So those other particles, those like decay products, as we call them, those are what you actually detect, and you need to kind of reverse engineer from that oh, we think that there was a Higgs going on. So you can't even see it? No, not directly. Not directly, no. Got it. That's why whenever I read about the Higgs boson, all of the articles have weird pictures. Yeah, yeah, because you can't, I mean, right, yeah, you can't actually see the stupid thing. It would be easier if you could. So you're, so you're looking then in these particle accelerators for not the Higgs and sometimes not even the direct decaying, the, the things that it particles. decays into, Yeah. but of that even. So... Yes. You're a couple layers away from it, but then from the particles that you can uh, actually detect, you can infer the existence of the Higgs boson. Yeah, that's it exactly. So in okay. the um, in the exact example of the Higgs, there are a couple different ways that it can decay, so you need to be looking for sort of all the possible routes. It gets very complicated very quickly. But yes, you did a really good job of summarizing it. Actually. So <laughs> then how do you know to look for the Higgs in the first place? Oh, no, that's a good question. Um the answer to that is we go talk to theoretical physicists who understand sort of all the equations of physics and then they can sometimes recognize where there's little gaps that a particle might fill very nicely and they oh. say, ah, oh, you should look for a particle there. And then so we're looking at what we know and we're inferring what might be there based on other things that we know. Yep. That's it. Oh, great. Sounds like science. <laughs> so. It is literally science. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, no, it's, it is really cool. Um, just like, a, a, there's a good analogy for the whole process that Richard Feynman once gave. He was a very famous theoretical physicist. He had a wicked sense of humor too. Oh, he was wonderful. He was wonderful. Um, he, uh, he once said that doing experimental particle physics is like, you take two pocket watches, um, and you put them in cannons and you point the cannons at each other and you fire the pocket watches and they, they hit each other and they break into a zillion pieces. And then you walk into the room and there's just like 
watch pieces everywhere, you know, clock springs and sprockets and whatever. Uh Um, And from looking at where they lie on the floor, you have to like figure out what time it was. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, okay, so so that seems like a really difficult problem and one that's not very well suited to just the human mind, right? Completely, yes. And we're doing it at such large scales. There's so much data that's being generated as we are trying to do this um, that machine learning is really the only way to make it tractable. So in the pocket watch example, it's the exact location of all of the different pieces and their sizes and their shapes and their orientations and everything. And a human would look at that and be like, I can't put this puzzle back together. Right. And, but a machine could look at that. And it's, it's even a little bit more complicated than that because it's, it, you don't just have one pocket watch. You might have like a billion pocket watches and you fired <laughs> all of them together. So now you have this very large data set and there's, there's patterns that start might not be clear in any one individual event, but starts to become clear when you look at the whole ensemble, as we would say, all the different events. It sounds like a lot of data. It's a huge amount of data. It's um, one of a, a statistic I once heard that still blows my mind is that like 1% of the world's data is coming out of this one experiment that I work on or this one complex. What? What? Yeah. <laughs> um, so That's 1% insane. of the world's data. Yeah. Um, it's ne- less than Netflix, but um, Netflix <laughs> well, yeah. Netflix is massive, but yeah, um, Netflix yeah has a pretty pretty high bandwidth, but um, but not to belittle the size of this data set it's at all. Huge. So I, I mean, as far as I'm aware of, it's the largest single data set. I can't imagine a, a single data set that would be bigger. It's gigantic. Yeah. So how do you you can't go comb through that yourself? It would take millions of years. Yeah. Maybe, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. So I mean, obviously, we have to run over these data using like sort of specially designed computer algorithms. Um, Some of these we write with like physics in mind and that I wouldn't say is particularly machine learning in the classical sense. Um, But sometimes, but sometimes, yeah, machine learning can be really helpful for sort of picking out what those patterns are and helping us make the right guesses about what's going on. So if you have a huge data set and you're not exactly sure what you're looking for, but you're looking for some sort of signal and maybe you have a couple indications of where to go, but not really much to, to go from at all. Machine, machine learning is a really good place to go. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's you know, sort of one of the one of the go-to tools that we have in our toolbox. Um, and like I said, without it, I don't I, I don't think we would be able to do particle physics in the way that we that we do it in a modern sense, because um, we would just be completely overwhelmed by the data. The machine learning allows us to very quickly sort the data into like, oh, we look, this looks pretty good. This looks like it's probably not a Higgs and whatever. And that is... I mean, that's the only reason we can do it, really. You guys did this competition, mm-hmm. and a bunch of people showed up and played with your data set, which is actually quite unusual because usually it's not open, right? That's right, yeah. And did they out-particle physics the particle physicists? They did such a good job. It was really exciting. Um, right, so uh, they were looking for, we had generated a bunch of sort of um, fake events that we we ourselves use. These These are not like toy events. These are uh, what I spend most of my time dealing with, but they were Higgs events. And we said, you know, look, tell, tell us if there's a Higgs in this event or not. And we're not going to tell you what you should be looking for exactly. You have to let the machine figure that out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Before the competition started, I confessed that like me as a particle physicist, I was like, oh yeah, I'd be, I'd be so good at that. Like I could totally win that because I know a little bit about physics, right? Um, well, that's what you do. Well, that is what I do. And, and I'm very, you know, I have a, a great sense of pride in that. Um, but yeah, I was checking out the leaderboards uh, last week. The competition just wrapped up a week ago and uh, the physicists did not win. No way. <laughs> um, we got beaten by the machine learning experts. 
Um, and, and there's, there's no, like, I think that's actually a really good outcome, um, because what that points us toward is, okay, like, the physicists, we're, we're very smart, we're very capable, we understand our data, um, but clearly there's, like, more stuff that we should be capable of getting out of this data, because people who didn't know anything about physics were able to beat us, right? Yeah. Um, and so I think it was a very good experience in that respect. It sounds like cross-pollination is a good thing. Yeah, I hope that that's one of the outcomes of this exercise actually is that the physicists realize the the value that there is to have in in collaborating with the machine learning experts and maybe the machine learning experts are like a little bit excited to work on our projects well um, you have a massive amount of data so i would expect they'd I be happy so. about that and, and i think we're doing really cool things so yeah. Um, yeah if you're listening to this anybody out there you're a machine learning expert you want to work on some physics stuff yeah give us a call um yeah my hope is that we that we continue to do projects like this i think it was it was a really good experience for everyone nice i love it so machine learning wins again? Is that the outcome? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, machine learning. It will make us all, even even the uh, the PhD physicists, we will all be like obsolete because of the machines one day. Um, no, that's not true. I mean, it's obviously, it's a tool that's only as good as the person who's using it. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of humbling actually to to see how much better the computer can be than even the human experts sometimes. Linear Digressions is a podcast about data science and machine learning, produced and recorded in the studios of Udacity, a company dedicated to education. We've got some awesome courses made by people like Katie and me in data science and other tech fields. We should also remind you that all views expressed during this program were those of the speakers and not of Udacity. This is a Creative Commons endeavor, which means you can share it any way you like. Just tell them we said hi. To find out more about this or any other episode of Linear Digressions, go to LinearDigressions.com. And if you don't mind, leave us a review on iTunes so other people get to listen to this content too. Thank you for being here. And we'll see you next time.